Hi, this is Gareth Ainsworth, and you're listening to the Wick and Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wick and Wanderers Show, where between now and what can literally be described as the end, uh, we will bring you the following. I thought this week we'd do it in reverse order. It's a challenge I've just set myself. Uh, we'll hear more from Gareth Ainsworth looking ahead to the uh, trip to Oxford and we'll look back at the defeat at home to Plymouth and also uh, reflect on uh, a visit to the Somme this week where he's taken the squad uh, for uh, a very interesting uh, visit. Uh, more on that to come. We'll also look back at the historic day at Adams Park on Sunday where Wickham Wanderers women played in the second qualifying round of the Women's FA Cup against London E. Benfica. We'll catch up with uh, boss Carl Simon. Uh, also speak to Cara House, who was captain for the day, and Esme Sword, who got the winner as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm struggling now to work out what, in reverse order, we're bringing. Uh, also, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, we'll hear from former midfielder Gary Patterson, who you may recall uh, yourself made... Um, Quite an impact at the club, uh, getting two yellow cards on his debut and uh, being sent off. Um, but um, that, was, <laughs> that was about 25 years ago. So uh, we'll be hear- hearing from him. Uh, he's based in uh, Nottingham. Uh, so we'll be hearing from him uh, a bit later on as well. Um, oh, I'm doing this correctly. So it's in reverse. I just remembered. Uh, we'll uh, hear from uh, Phil in a few moments' time with our match debrief as well, looking back at uh, a very poignant day, of course, uh, at Adams Park on Saturday when uh, the life of Bill Turnbull was celebrated. Uh, talking of Saturday, uh, let's bring you some highlights. I've done it backwards. Many thanks, Rob. Welcome to Adams Park, live from the Bill Turnbull Gantry. Wickham Wanderers taking on top of the table. Plymouth Argyle here in what is going to be a pulsating League One match. Aziz loses out to McCleary and now Folks, Folks holds the ball up well, looking Matt Sharp and fit again with a goal to his name last week and it's a really good turn ball into the box Freeman narrow angle goes for goal and the shot is charged down by his former teammate Scar and Sam Vokes looks in the mood today ball in back to Butcher now with the, from the throw knocks it into the area Cosgrove goes down that's a penalty foul by Horgan I think Cosgrove went down over the leg of Horgan and it's a penalty to Plymouth in the sixth minute yeah, we had a really good angle of that, didn't we? And um, it just looked like Horgan maybe just missed the ball. I thought at first it looked like maybe he got a touch on it, but um, there's no real complaints from the Wickham team. I think he's just kind of swiped at it, brought his man down, and a massive chance for Plymouth to open the scoring again. Cosgrove will take it. Scored two already this season. Will this be his first penalty? Right-footed then, Sam Cosgrove. Came off the bench last... Uh, game on Sunday made a difference Cosgrove versus Strier here he comes now right footed and scores Strier goes to his right Cosgrove went to his left on the floor it's a good penalty and Plymouth have the lead here in the 6th minute Wickham nil Plymouth 1 yeah Max Strier just guessing the wrong way and made it look really easy to Cosgrove to be fair it's a decent penalty not right in the corner but yeah, when you're sending the goalkeeper the wrong way, there's nothing you can do about it as long as it's on target. Reno flicks on. Not cleared convincingly by Randall. Mametti has it on the left wing. Rolls it into wing. Wing cross comes in. It's a good ball. Farino! Oh, diving head, a great save. Folks on the volley on the follow-up. Charged down by Scar. Chris Farino can't believe he didn't score. That is some great goalkeeping, though. Yeah, Cooper, as you said earlier, winner of the Golden Boot last year and... Yeah, we can see why, because that save is absolutely phenomenal. Chris with his head in his hands right after the save. Golden glove, surely? Yeah. It's a golden boot, isn't oh, it? Oh, sorry. That's a hell of a season. <laughs> if he's got golden glove and boot, I mean... 
just didn't score enough for me last season, Mark. <laughs> Not good enough. That was a great save, though, wasn't it? Phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> Freeman's away, left-hand side. Little step-overs, cuts it back. Vokes over the bar, three header for five yards. And that really should be 1-1. And Nick Freeman, some dazzling skills on the left. And Sam Vokes normally gobbles those up. Wing. Oh, that's a great ball by Wing to McCleary on the right-hand side now. McCleary up against Galloway. Goes on the outside. Chips it to the back post. Looking for Vokes. Vokes wins the header. Mamete. Oh, brilliant save again. Vokes again and saved once more by Cooper. And we can now why, see why the Cooper has got the golden gloves from last season because that is, again, top-draw goalkeeping and a brilliant move from Wickham. Absolutely magnificent football from Wickham. Still working hard, McCleary. Now McCarthy joining in. And now Hawken. Good graft from the far side and Scar stops the cross. It's not clear though. Folks tries to hook it round Scar and it goes across the face of Golden behind. And Sam Vokes there. Desperate to get on the end of that. And it, it took forever to drop, didn't it? But it was a great bit of skill to hook it round. Defence, but the ball's put wide into the penalty area. And it goes and more blocks on the line. Great defensive cover. And Plymouth there, really close to doubling the score. But they come again now with Mayer. We'll pick the bones out of that in a minute. McCarthy to Leathers. Great turn by Leathers. Ball's allowed to run to Freeman. Referee plays advantage. And then Freeman is still going. Still going, Nick Freeman. Three on two. Sam Vokes on the right-hand side. Tries to lay it into Mametti. And the ball from Vokes is poor. And the frustration builds around us. Grimmer tries to release. Mametti's inside the box. Now lays it back to Alhamid. His shot is charged down by Randall, who celebrates that block like a goal. Just over a minute to go. Big Max making his presence felt. And it goes right away into the six-yard area. It's Eddie Clear. Lewis Ring! It's hit as someone and gone out again for a goal kick. Very busy six-yard area. A beater with the ball in. And it comes to the near post. Headed out for another corner. And Plymouth have won. And they remain top of the table here. Seventh-minute penalty by Sam Cosgrove. A penalty he won himself. He converted it to... And that's the difference today. Wickham had guilt-edged opportunities in the first half and didn't take them, and that's where they've lost this game. But we'll leave you with the full-time score here at Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers nil, Plymouth Argyle one. Plenty of chances then uh, created, as you heard uh, Phil Catchpole describing the action along with Toby Large uh, on our match commentary on Wanderers TV and, of course, uh, on Wickham Sound, where you can enjoy uh, the uh, coverage of Oxford United this coming Saturday away. Uh, the uh, allocation, though, uh, of uh, travelling fans looks to be pretty substantial as well. If you are going to the Kazam, hope you enjoy uh, that and uh, with the uh, the rail strike as well. Hopefully your travel won't be too disrupted. Uh, let's hear it, though, from Phil, looking back on events uh, on Saturday, uh, which, of course, included that very poignant uh, pre-kick-off tribute to Bill Turnbull. Yeah, it was lovely, wasn't it? Um, not just from the Wickham fans, the Plymouth fans as well, and such a big presence for Prostate Cancer UK, um, because that's really Bill's legacy for the whole country, getting, you know, the, I think the... The chief exec, Laura, was saying uh, after he kind of went public with with his diagnosis and urging people to get checked, they saw a 20% increase in referrals, which is massive. Um, And that message needs to be continually pushed out there. So it was great to see so many people buying the badges uh, and and raising awareness as well, but also to celebrate the contribution that Bill made here at Adams Park and uh, to have his friends and family here with us as well on on Saturday was lovely. And and Ceci, Bill's wife, um, I think was really 
really touched by the uh, what 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 she sort of saw on Saturday was how much Bill meant to everybody here at Wickham, and it was lovely that the family could see that in, in obviously what's been a really tough year for them. And that's obviously such a credit to, to Bill's character as well, that so many people did, you know, obviously hear him on the commentaries uh, with yourself as well, of course, and uh, just his sort of character that really shone through as well. Well, yeah, as, as I said to, to the BBC guys that were here on Saturday as well, that Wicked fans absolutely loved him because they, they felt like they knew him because, you know, a lot of people woke up with Bill every day, if you know what I mean, when they turned the TV on and there he was. Um, and then when they turned the radio on on a Saturday for, for some Wicked games, he was there too, but he was a very different Bill on a Saturday covering Wicker Wanderers because he was a Wicker Wanderers fan with a microphone. And I think a lot of the fans really um, resonated with Bill because he basically said what they were all thinking. He would have a go at the refs and everything else and was was really special for them. And uh, he's, he'll be greatly missed. And I miss him massively. He was such a massive help to me uh, as a young broadcaster when I started out, or not so young, um, but a really big help for me. And I really miss him because he was just such a great laugh. You know, we had some really good laughs down the years, both on and off the mic. Um, but yeah, um, I think of him every time I go up to the back of the Bill Turnbull gantry now up at the top of the Frank Adams. Um, but that's a great legacy for him here at Wickham too. So uh, it's just a shame that Wickham couldn't, couldn't get that win on Saturday, although I'm sure he'd have berated the ref at some point during that game. I was going to say, what, what do you think he would have made of the performance? I think he'd have enjoyed the performance. He'd have been moaning about the lack of goals in the first half. Again, like all the other Wickham fans, Wickham not taking their chances. And it was an encouraging performance because um, it was top of the table, Plymouth. He made lots of changes to combat the Wickham style of play, uh, which is a big compliment. Uh, They haven't beaten Wickham for quite some time. And their manager made a big deal after the game of saying how much work they'd done uh, in preparing for this game at Adams Park. Um, but really, Wickham should have scored three, maybe four goals in that first half. And it's a very different game and probably different result had that been the case. Um, I think it'd be more worrying if Wickham weren't creating the chances. Um, hopefully they can finish a few this Saturday against uh, Oxford United. But I spoke to Gareth after the game and, and he was bemoaning that lack of uh, clinical edge in the first half. Performance is good enough for a win, you know. Um, their keepers made some amazing saves, you, you know. You can say and be harsh and say we've got to stick them in, but when he's in form like that, it was uh, yeah, it was tough to beat him today, and uh, and we should have, but we didn't, you know, and uh, we put the pressure on him big time first half, you know, and uh, you know it's a clumsy challenge for the penalty, yep, and uh, and that was the that was the difference today, you know, that one penalty and it's frustrating, but um, yeah, we perform like that, that's top of the league in League One. I said to the boys, you perform like that, um, we'll be absolutely fine, and and. You know, the cavalry's coming back. Gareth was back today. Losing Tafazoli and Gapi in the week is... I've never had anything like this, you know, this injury crisis that I've got. So, um, no excuses. We've got to be uh, ruthless in front of goal and get our goals when the, when, when we can. But, um, you know, fair play to Plymouth. They've come, they've, uh, they've took the points and uh, we've got to lick our wounds and go again next week. That, this injury, I, mean, I can't really call it a crisis yet, can we, at this stage of the season? But Sko and Tafazoli on top of what's come before then, you must be wondering what, what you've done in the past yeah, here. Have you upset someone? Thompson, you know, and, and Gabe and, and Wheeler and Damani and, you know, we've got McCleary back today. Tafazol is out, like you say, it looks like we've lost Farino. It's just getting tougher and tougher. But um, I know that second half of the season or, or 
second two thirds of the season will be very strong because all these boys are coming back, you know, some close to returning now, which is which is crucial, you know. So just a bit has gone against us, and sometimes that happens. We've had the rub of the green for a, lot, a long time, you know, and, and really we've got all uh, all that success behind us. The last seven years has been phenomenal for this club, and uh, just uh, a little stutter at the moment, but they're not going to put me down. I'm, I'm so pleased with the performance today. The lads ran for me. They challenged for me. They did everything but score. And um, sometimes you've got to accept that um, that will happen. Um, hopefully next week we can beat Oxford. A league debut for Adam Leathers, yeah. second half. Thought he did well. Thought he came on and set the ball down really well. Um, and again, positives. You know, that's what we're doing here. You know, Adam Leathers, Tyler Dickinson. You know, we, we've got some uh, some debuts this year. Ali Alhamidi, of course, you know, comes on. So, um, but like I said, I think when you have to rely on some of the young boys. It shows just where the club is, you know. Jasper Patton done it as well, and another debutant this year. So, um, but I think last year we were filling the bench with the, your household names, and that's uh, that shows the strength of the squad. At the moment, we can't do that, you know. We've uh, we've got to rely on uh, some of this youth coming through. But believe me, they're good enough, and they will be. I'm, I'm really proud and, and pleased. Look at Mametti, look at Farino, you know. They've done really well. So, there's chances, there's going to be opportunities for people. Um, but if we keep playing like that, especially first off. We'll be fine this season, so nobody panic, please. This feels really odd to say, but for the first time in 19 years, no Matt Bloomfield at the Wickham Wanderers. Yeah, game. really weird. You know, I know he's uh, he's got defeat today at Wimbledon, but uh, I think that it's harsh judging him after 24 hours of being a manager. I think he's going to uh, he's going to be a success there. I think he'll turn him around and he'll uh, he'll get hopefully some of the Wickham culture there, but um, some of his own his own ideas and personality on the club. I think that's. Uh, that's a success story because uh, Matt Bloomfield is a great guy. Fantastic to work with him. I want to thank him for all his hard work as a player, captain, roommate, coach. He's just been everything for me and uh, I wish him all the very best. He's, he's going to learn how uh, our management is, but um, you know, I've got my own stuff to concentrate on now and, and the boys will be, uh, will be ready for next week, no doubt. And Like I say, we keep playing like we did today. There'll be absolutely no problems and, uh, and we'll... Uh, We'll climb that league. Something that really did stand out, as you say, that the chances created, which is something uh, pretty positive to, to take into the next run of games as well. Yeah, I think Oxford's going to be tight and, and edgy. They're a team that have struggled with injuries as well and are struggling at the wrong end of the table, uh, along with Wickham. Um, they've, they've had a couple of slow starts in recent seasons as well, so we can maybe have a look at what they've done and take solace in the fact that they finished strongly. Um, but yeah, they'll be looking for the three points as much as Wickham are on Saturday because... At the moment, we're both lurking above the bottom four, along with MK Dons and Charlton. And I think a lot of people expected Wickham to be a lot higher up, as were Oxford. Uh, they've got some defenders coming back. They still look a little light up front in terms of, of fit and match fit players. So I think it's going to be an interesting match. They always are, because Sam, and it's it's a local game, isn't it? I, I, I'm, shall I use the derby word? I think I'm going to, because it's just up the road. There'll be a big turnout for the away section. There's always a, a strong home following at Oxford. It's going to be a tight, edgy game. There'll be a great atmosphere. And um, hopefully, Wickham can get the three points and it can kickstart a decent run for them. Because it feels like, obviously, the, the last run of three defeats have all been against teams who are, you know, are well up there and are, are big clubs, obviously, as well. And, and, and now uh, we've got this game against Oxford, as you say, and then, um, obviously, Peterborough to come as well. But then MK Dons as well, who, who are, have both had similar starts to Wickham as well. So it feels like these are quite kind of positive times we're going into. Yeah, these are, I think it really underlines the strengths of this division because I don't think there's a, an easy game in this division. Um, we've played some of the big hitters away from home, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, and 
historically huge clubs, big turnouts, big atmospheres at those games as well. They were tough days. Um, but I don't think there is an easy game. Wickham had Atkinson Stanley on a Tuesday night here. That was a really tough game and a really big victory for Wickham Wanderers. But there's no easy game this division, Colin. And I sound a bit like a manager now. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of how it is. And you look at... You look at the run of fixtures before a ball had been kicked when the fixtures first came out back in the summer. And we looked at this run and we thought, well, on paper, that's going to be really tough. And I think it will be. Um, we've seen how tough it was at Derby and Sheffield Wednesday. I thought Plymouth, I thought we should have won that game. And that, that was a decent performance. But then Oxford, there's a lot of history on that, a lot riding on it now as well. And then Peterborough, they're going to be licking their lips coming here with Wickham in bad form because... They still feel agreed over us going up to the championship back when they did, uh, when we did. So there's, you know, so many narratives, so much around this. This is what makes these games fascinating. So, you know, we just got to keep going and, and get a result, hopefully against Oxford and then hopefully have a decent run and start to put some results together. Because wouldn't it be great if we beat Oxford, beat Peterborough, beat MK Dons, all of a sudden the world looks a little bit better. And also should have some key names returning from injury as well. Fingers crossed, um, you know, missing Josh Go and Ryan Tapazoli. These are big players for us to be missing in the spine of the team as well. It looked like that spine was coming back together again. Um, but just as Sam Bokes returns to fitness to lead the line, then those behind him start to get injured as well. So it does feel like we're having a bad run of injuries. Um, I don't think any club can really moan about injuries because they happen to everybody. It looks like Wickham's bad run has come at the start of the season. Oxford have also had a bad run as well. Uh, we need to mention that. But yeah, it just shows you that it's all about the squad now and the squad depth. And these are the opportunities now for the younger players and other players who don't maybe start week in, week out when everybody's fit to stake a claim and make a name for themselves. And it does feel like, you know, goals have been in, in a bit of short supply of late, but it only takes something like from someone like Anis, for example, just to just to sort of spark something, if you like. Yeah, I think Anis nominated for League One Player of the Month um, just shows you in, in what's been a struggling Wickham team as well just shows you what a great start to the season he's had um, I don't think he had his best game against Plymouth although I think as well now people are really waking up to the fact that Anish Lametti is a very special player and he seems to have three players around him every time he got the ball and I think that's going to be the next stage of his development. We've loved watching him develop and, and progress week in, week out in the Wickham shirts. And now I think his next challenge is going to be that everyone now fears and knows about him, how he then deals with that and then uh, and, and gets around this extra man marking. And Wickham have got to approach this as well as a team because if there's three men marking Addis, it means that someone isn't marking someone elsewhere. So it's about how they use that extra space on the pitch and use Anis perhaps a little differently. Um, but I think he's got the skill and the strength to deal with it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops between now and Christmas, because I think a decent run of games, which is what he's having, and we're really seeing him blossom. And he's been a real pleasure to watch this season. And sounds great that there's such a, a, a contingent going to, to Oxford on Saturday with the, the away allocation. And, and obviously really key that the fans get behind uh, the team, especially in a, in a difficult period. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what being a football fan's all about, isn't it? We've been quite spoiled of late of Wickham Wanderers. You know, the, the, the promotion season, uh, the great second half of the season in the Championship, um, a brilliant season last season, although fell at the final hurdle. Um, but you can't be like that every season throughout. Um, and that's when being a fan, you have to kind of dig in and dig in and get behind the team. And and of course, you know, Gareth understands criticism will come from fans as well. They pay their money; they're entitled to their opinion. Uh, social media provides that platform for everybody handily these days. Um, but yeah, 
Um, but yeah, it's still about turning up and getting behind the boys and, and hopefully being the 12th man on Saturday because a win for this club will be huge at this stage of the season. And I guess the only downside on this particular away trip, it doesn't give you that much um, in terms of uh, service station options. Well, from London up to Oxford, there's the excellent Beckenfield <laughs> services, which is the <laughs> finest services in the country. Uh, I don't often stop there because it's so local. Uh, Oxford services is pretty good as well. A lovely water feature out the front, if anyone's uh, never been. I, I highly recommend it. But you're right, yeah, it's not really, uh, I can't really justify a stop at the services in these tough financial times that we live in. Pleasure to speak to you. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Nice one. Cheers, Colin. Great chatting to Phil earlier. Uh, he was at the ground, actually, uh, just by the press box, if you're interested. And uh, no bird scare out this week, which was uh, reassuring. Oh. <laughs> but maybe next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, don't forget as well, you can hear uh, the chat with Gareth in full on Wanderers TV. Uh, check out the Wickham Wanderers website as well for your chance to uh, find out how to vote for NSME PFA Fans Player of the Month poll as well. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear more from manager Gareth Ainsworth talking about the trip to the Somme this week. We'll catch up with Wickham Wanderers women's boss Carl Simon and we'll speak to the captain and winning goalscorer as well from Sunday's historic game at Adams Park in the second round qualifying of the Women's FA Cup. But first, uh, with big thanks to Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, uh, we catch up with another former Wanderer who played in the late 90s under Martin O'Neill, Alan Smith and uh, latterly John Gregory as well. And uh, he was someone who came to the club and, um, well, uh, I'll let him tell you, but uh, he didn't actually get off to the, uh, the best of starts, especially on his uh, debut. Uh, midfielder Gary Patterson. Well, it didn't, didn't start very well, to be honest. <laughs> um, I found out about the interest from Martin. I went in the training to Shrewsbury on the Wednesday, got pulled in by the, the manager at the time, Fred Davies, and just said that. Uh, Wickham are interested. Martin and his assistant, John Robertson, were going to watch Man United, I think it was Man United versus Knox County reserves on the Wednesday night in Nottingham. So uh, I went along there and met, met Martin and John. Robert was just piling loads of money into the fruit machine while me and Martin were discussing if the move was going to be available. Um, did all the all the talk and all the deal and all that and then went down Thursday I should mention that I, I was struggling with a, a back problem at the time the Shrewsbury manager was that desperate to get the deal done that he told me if they don't do the medical don't say nothing I was like well that's leaving me in a bit of limbo here I didn't know, I didn't know whether to tell them on straight away or what so I, I, I never said nothing Um didn't do the medical on the Friday. They said, oh, we'll just wait until the game, after the game Saturday, and we'll do the, the medical then. So, yeah. So everything was sorted by the Friday morning. I travelled down to Wickham, signed for them. Um, stayed down Friday night, then played the game on the Saturday. Unfortunately, got sent off in the first half for two bookable offences. It's important to make a good impression on your debut, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, th- I think I was trying a bit too hard to be honest. I thought the first first yellow card I recall was a bit harsh, but um, yeah, so that didn't go well. And then, luckily, the lads pulled the result out of the bag and got the two on win against High Fly and Huddersfield. Um, 
And then to make matters worse, we did the medical after the game. <laughs> I failed the medical. So it was just it a bit pierce of that first, my first day on the job, so to speak. Uh, what did your new manager say to you after, after being sent off on your debut? Well, you gather what Martin was like. Martin was <laughs> not too pleased. <laughs> and especially after what happened in the medical, that was it. I think we, uh, we well, we, we spoke, I think we spoke on the Monday morning regarding both both aspects, um, obviously the sending off and, and then obviously the, the medical situation. Um, but he, it wasn't too bad because he played me on the Tuesday night and I, I scored on the Tuesday against Cambridge in the 2-2 draw thing it was. And then that was basically it. Welcome to Wickham. I was going to say, it didn't take you too long to settle in though. No, no. The lads were great. I've, obviously, I've come across a couple of them because well, we played, I think Tuesday we played Wickham twice or three times when I appeared in one of the cup games as well. Um, so I've come across a few of the lads uh, in their matches. Yeah, it was just Going really well with the lads, made made them feel really welcome. So yeah, and a real credit to the to the the group of players that you have. That you're still in touch with a number of them today. I am, yeah. Uh, keep in touch with Matty. I've I came down to Wickham, obviously being a Sunderland supporter. I came down when Sunderland were first in uh, Div- Division One. So I came down and met a few of the lads. Met uh, Keith, Keith Ryan, uh, Keith Scott. Matty, I think that was about it. I think that was the, the three lads who were there on that day. And then obviously I've, I, I spoke to a big, I, I met up with Big Terry later on in my career when we, Terry went the Kingstonian. Yeah, I made some good friends. So did you have split loyalties in the playoff final? I suppose we, we, we ought to address that. Well, I was trying to, I, I spoke to John early on in the week. And uh, as far as Summons compared, there's, there's no other team compares to Summons for me. So <laughs> there, was, there was no split loyalties there, unfortunately. But you, you must be so pleased with how, how far we can have progressed in, at that season in the Championship as well. I guess, you know, when you were playing, it, you came so close in the, in the second division. Oh, I, was, I mean, to be fair, it was, we just missed out on the playoffs that, um, that first season. To see where they are now and, and what, the, especially what Gareth Ainsworth achieved with the with the budget and the, the size of the squad and, and how he's managed to maintain that squad and still compete at that level is just nothing more than phenomenal, really. And going back to your time at the club, are there any particular kind of games or occasions that, that really stand out? Um, it was a bit, to be fair, it was a bit disjointed once I joined. It was, because obviously I joined at the Christmas um, and Martin was gone by by that summer. And then Alan Smith came in, so it was it was it was a bit of a disjointed time because I, I don't know how long Alan, Alan lasted. About I'm not too sure. Was it a season and a bit? Might have been less. And then John John Gregory came in, but yeah, that first that first season, the lads were the lads were firing when I first joined the. Uh, and as I say, we just missed out on the on the playoffs that season, and that's that was the season Martin left really. And what was it like, sort of transitioning, if you like, between the the different managers? Because obviously you played pretty regularly under uh, two of them, certainly. Yes, I mean um, it was Alan Alan Smith could come in and he'd obviously wanted to change the direction of the club regarding it. 
because what I found when I joined when Martin was still there was the fact that it was obviously a lot of that group of players had come with Martin through the, the non-league route. So it was basically Martin didn't really need to change a lot of a lot of things regarding that group of players, you know. So it was just a case of like me adding getting involved with that group and, and carry on the way the training was and things like that, which was which is brilliant to be fair, because it was you, at least you knew where you stood, you know what I mean? So regarding that, and as as I say, when Alan came in, that's when I think the club started to started to change a lot, whether looking back it was for the better, I don't know. But um, as I say, I got I got on quite well with Alan Smith, so it was uh, it wasn't too bad for me. But I know some players, obviously, when a new manager comes in in any any team, they uh, there's a possibility that you're not going to get on. But luckily for me, uh, I I got on quite well with Alan. So. And something quite nice about your position as well, because you, you had quite a number of other sort of midfielders around you, and, and obviously well, other, other teammates from different positions as well. Though that you know you sort of combine so well with. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, after I'd signed, I'd spoke to Keith Keith Ryan. We we used to uh, socialise quite a bit while I was down there, and uh, Martin. So he said to me that the reason Martin signed me was probably because I'd played so well against him during my time at Shrewsbury. And I've, and I've seen that, and I, that was more of a quite a, a recurring theme where midfielders would come and go, and it was a case of if like if Keith was if you played well against Keith, then there's, there's half a chance you might turn up with <laughs> with a player. So uh, yeah, that was that was quite strange to find out. And did it feel like quite a special time to be at the club? You know, you speak to many ex-players and their sort of era, if you like, feels like it's quite a special time. And as you say, you were so close to the, the playoffs and, and you know, they had some quite special games and quite special times during your time at the club. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's always, whatever team you, you represent and playing for, you always have great, great times, teammates and things like that. So it's, yeah, the special moments they don't last very long. So it's, uh, you've got to, Enjoy them while you can, you know. And uh, as I say, I've still got some decent, good friends down there where we'll try and catch up and get down with some some games. And really nice as well. You must have got a great bond with, you were saying, um, obviously coming down from the, the Nottingham area, sort of list sharing with people, that must be really nice as well, just just the travelling and, and the great yeah, sort of yeah. camaraderie there. there. Yeah, there was, uh, like I say, there was, there was, there was Tony Evans, the Lee Turnbull, we used to meet up with Steve McGavin now and again when he when he, when he signed because he was Birmingham based at the time. So there was Simon Hutchinson. There was a yes. Yeah, so there, there was a good good group of players from up and around these the neck of the woods, you know. So it, was, uh, it worked out quite well for the car sharing. And uh, yeah, getting the trips down there were quite a laugh. <laughs> Did you have sort of favourite sides that you liked playing against or favourite players perhaps or, or games that you especially look forward to or grounds that you especially look forward to playing at? Um, I mean, at that time, there was quite, there was, there was Huddersfield one of the bigger teams in that league. You knew you were going to be in for a battle with them. But uh, yeah, it was just, the league was quite competitive then. It was obviously a lot more physical than what football is now. It was like old school managers you would come up against, the likes of Dave Moyes. It was a precedent that you always knew you'd be in for a game. So, uh, yeah, you knew every Saturday was a battle and you just uh, 
you try to do the best of your ability, really. So overall, how do you look back at, at your time at the club? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it, it went in a flash. As I say, two not only had two and a half seasons there and three managers, which uh, you don't expect this to have in two and a half seasons, but it is what it is. And each manager has his uh, own interest in how he wants to play and the squad he wants to have. So it was, uh, but now I really enjoyed my time down there. It was, uh, it's a lovely part of the world, just outside of London. So it was, uh, we had a few decent night outs with the boys. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was great, great for me. And then you went on to have a, you know, obviously a pretty, pretty decent career uh, post your time at Wickham as well. Yeah, well, I went um, to uh, non-league with Matt Crossley and Terry Evans. I went on, when I left Wickham, I had a few trials with league clubs. I went to Lincoln, who Gareth Ainsworth was actually playing for them at the time. Uh, I don't know if you know much about John Beck, but he had a reputation for being a bit of a, a madhead. <laughs> and I, I went on there for two weeks. It was one of the hardest two weeks pre-seasons I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing nothing came of that and then I just got a call from Matty saying that he'd signed him and Terry had signed for Kingstonian would you uh, do you fancy coming down and having a having a couple of games and see see what you think I went down there played played one game and they, they wanted to sign me straight away so it was uh, yeah we had a, a really good time down there as well with, with Matty and Terry and what do we find you doing these days I'm a white van man. I'm a courier, so I've got a, a set up in Nottingham, basically driving around Derby and Nottingham. So just delivering parcels keeps me keeps me fit, keeps me active. No, fantastic, and it must, it must sort of change, I guess, in a way the, the way you sort of look at football, but but also how you can kind of reflect on on your time in the game and, and sort of watching it these days. And as I say, just to really um, pleased, I guess, for how, how well Wickham are doing these days. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, as I say, obviously. I think Sunderland deserved to win in the playoff final, but for, for Wickham to get there was just phenomenal. And, and as I say, that as I, sp- I spoke to John the other night, it was like the uh, the job Gareth's done for the shoestring budget he's on compared to some teams in that league is just like nothing more than phenomenal. You know, and, it's, uh, and I think Wickham are quite lucky to lucky to have him, to be honest, because uh, as I say, they, he must have had a lot of interest. And I think I think that's probably. Uh, mutual respect of what Gareth's got for Wickham and Wickham had for Gareth you know it's, um, it just seems to work and hopefully fingers crossed they might be able to get close again and try and get back on the championship No fantastic that he's been in, in charge for 10 years and obviously at the club for, for longer as well Well it's for, I mean like you say in this day and age now in football it's I mean how many managers can actually see it or they're, they're predictably going to be in a job for 10 years at the same club it's just I don't think it's going to ever happen well, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Not in the, not in the current situation, but yeah, I mean, like I say, phenomenal. And it's not, just, and, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves on some of the football to play. You know, it's a lot of people are a bit critical of how his style of play is, but from what I've seen, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's been brilliant. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. 
No worries. Thank you, Colin. Great to chat to you, Gary Patterson, and I can thoroughly recommend checking out the uh, uh, previous episodes of uh, the, uh, well, Two and a Bit uh, Wick and Wanderer show uh, series that we have available wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can listen to uh, many of the fantastic interviews which we've spoken uh, to uh, many of the former players uh, on the Wick and Wanderer show here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Still to come on the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth, who, along with his staff and players, uh, went to the World War I battlefield in the Somme region of northern France this week. They were there on Monday and Tuesday to learn and pay their respects to the footballers' uh, battalions, who, you can tell I'm reading this, uh, who made the ultimate sacrifice uh, just over a century ago. But first... Uh, on Sunday uh, was a very historic occasion at Adams Park. It was the first game for Wickham Wanderers' Wound to be playing at the home of the men's team. I was fortunate enough to go. I was very excited to be out, to be honest. Uh, but uh, my first uh, women's game, uh, really um, inspired by uh, how good the England team did in the uh, World Cup and then more recently, of course, in the Euros. And I've uh, been uh, in a fantastic position to be able to uh, promote uh, Wickham Wanderers' Women here on Wickham Sound uh, in recent years as well, speaking to the players and, and manager as well. It was a fantastic occasion. Uh, Hamilton Academy provided the ball girls at Adams Park and uh, it was the second qualifying round of the Women's FA Cup taking on uh, London E Benfica, uh, which was uh, a fantastic uh, team made up of uh, a number of Portuguese players as well who are obviously based uh, in London, uh, coming up against Wickham Wanderers Women. And um, if you didn't follow what happened, uh, Wickham Wanderers Women went 2-0 up and uh, then uh, the visitors got back into it and uh, there was a late uh, winner from Esme Sword as well which was a fantastic result uh, and uh, they progressed to the next round of the competition and uh, I was very lucky afterwards to get to speak to Carl, uh, the head coach who uh, was, uh, as you can imagine, very pleased with how it all went Yeah, really honoured um, to get the opportunity to play here and the whole day has been fantastic, and the, the crowd especially, the Wickham supporters, they came out and supported us in good numbers, so it was a really enjoyable situation, um, occasion. There must have been so much hard work to going into getting this game to this point. You know, it seems like not that long ago that the, you know, the club was just playing on the Rye and not really even <laughs> affiliated with, with Wickham. Lots have gone on. It's been a hectic... Uh, it's been a whirlwind, you know, and I have to give a lot of thanks to the guys that brought me in, so namely Nigel Kingston, the, the chairman, and, and, and Tony as well, and they, they brought me in, and to be fair to them, everything I've asked them for, they've, they've tried to get it, and I have pushed a lot, you know, but I think they wanted that, and to be fair to them, they've, they've gone out and they've done all the things I've asked them to, to, to try and do for us, and this being the, the icing on the cake, getting us to, to play an FA Cup fixture, um, at the home of Wickham Wanderers. It seems to come at such a good time. I know we've spoken before as well with the, the success, success of the Lionesses and really building on women's football success and, and the changes that you've brought in since you've come in and the players you've brought in as well. It's an amazing time. Thanks to the Lionesses, we're all enjoying it. We're all riding a wave at the moment. The, the, the spotlight on women's football and the way people are viewing it now is it's just, it's just killed us slightly and you can see it today. You can see it today, the appreciation for the game. I'm so happy for the players today. And how is this match day preparations compared to, to a, a normal in inverted commas match day? Uh, same, same work for me and my coaches. We just, we just do the same thing all the time. Um, we just go around through our routines. The players know what, what we want from them. Um, being here was yeah, a bit like Christmas morning. You know, it's really nice. But um, yeah, we just get on with our job. We do the work. And what was your thoughts on, on obviously the result and the performance as well from the players? The performance on the players was fantastic considering 
how we, we dominated in the early stages, what we asked the players to do. We, we, we've started slowly in, in the last few games, but we asked this time the players could come out and dominate from the off, and they did that really, really well. Uh, we went ahead, 1-0 ahead. We could have been 2-0 up. Uh, great save by um, Emily Strange at 1-1. Great save when she was 1-1 v with a really talented striker. Kept us in the game, and then we got the second goal. Um, and at that stage it looked like we could go on and kick on and, and take the game away from Benfica but fair play to them they came out uh, it was a, a goalkeeping error but these things happen in football right um, and then all of a sudden now you've got a different type of game and we had to try and deal with the, the striker the number 11 really talented player Portuguese la- um, lady and I had to change my, my centre-halves because she was causing us a lot of problems with her movement and her, and her pace. So we changed, we changed one out, um, and then a minute later, we get an injury to our full-back, no more substitutes left, real problem. So we had to reshape again the, the tactics of the team and the formation, and like I say, the players had to show real character to see that game out. That was something that really stood out, wasn't it? The character of the team at 2-2. Yeah, at 2-2, the character was fantastic. And the winning goal for Mesme Sword, I mean... You know, you can't ask for more than that. You know, it was Van Basten-esque, you know, chest in the volley. It's a fantastic goal from her. Really something else that's really stood out, um, you, you won't know, but there's a couple of um, young girls sat near me and they were so impressed with the players. They wanted to like meet them afterwards and get them to sign their shirts. Yeah. They, were, they were saying, oh, we've got to take this into training, what we've seen on the pitch today. And it was, wow. It's just so lovely to hear. That's what it's about. You know, that's what football's about. It's about inspiring people, isn't it? And that's why we do it all. And it's really great that that's happening um, to local girls in Wickham. Brilliant. And fantastic to be through to the next round of the Cup as well. Yeah, we are. We're looking forward to it. And um, hopefully, you know, we can get another home fixture here at Adams Park. It's brilliant. And thanks to the club. Um, real big thanks for all the effort they've made um, helping us put this on and giving us the opportunity. We really, really do appreciate it. Carl Simon, the head coach of Wickham Wanderers Women, uh, speaking to us after that game. Uh, the chair girls have been drawn at home in the third qualifying round of the Women's FA Cup. They'll be uh, playing against Aylesford. Uh, that game is being played on uh, Sunday, the 23rd of October at 2 o'clock. And there'll be information on tickets to come over the next couple of weeks for that one. Uh, after the game, uh, got to speak to uh, the uh, scorer of that winning goal at Esme Sword but first uh, Cara Howes who was the captain on the day I mean it's a lot different uh, especially with the crowd you know they, they keep cheering you on and it makes a huge difference when you're playing because it's that little bit more encouragement that you need What was it like just coming out onto the, the pitch at Adams Park first of all? I'm not going to lie it was a bit overwhelming but once you settle into it it's really good I enjoyed it so much and I guess you didn't, don't, didn't know too much about the, the opponents coming into the game but they, they were quite, no. quite pacey weren't they? Yeah they were you know you have to see what they're like and then change your game plan through, through that and I think that's what we did and we dealt with them really well Especially in the first half you must have been really pleased with, with the start that you made to the game Yeah, we made a huge impact in the first half and then, you know it, it got better And really pleased with the result and obviously the character shown by the team as well Yeah, definitely We all stuck together t- till the end and, and that's what you need as a team and as we must chat to you, your, your manager has described your goal as Van Basten-esque, which, <laughs> must, which must be quite nice to, to hear. Oh yeah, no, it's, um, I'm so, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it all, the scoring the winning goal, um, you know, it's great, yeah, I couldn't have hoped for a better outcome really, well, I suppose we could have been winning all along, <laughs> but you know, who likes it that easy? <laughs> and does it feel like quite a sort of historic occasion being part of the, the team that's played at Adam Spark for the first time? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Cole was speaking about it um, in the changing rooms and was like, in years to come, you know, people might be talking about this. And it's, you know, it's great. Um, it's definitely such a boost in the kind of women's football, definitely. We're all grateful to have played here and, you know, it was a great experience and we'll take it with us, you know. 
Yeah. And Carl, does it feel like you're part of something special? I was just saying to, to Carl, there were a couple of um, girls who I was quite standing here. It was really interesting to hear. They were both 10 and 11. They said that quite a lot. But also, they were really impressed with like yourself and some of the other players. Like, things you were doing, they were saying, oh, we've got to take that into the training. And they, you know, they wanted to meet the players afterwards and get like, autographs on their shirts and stuff. That must mean so much yeah, to you. Yeah, that's what we want. That's who, we want to be those role models for the younger people and see that they can play at this, uh, the standards that we play. And, you know, we just want to build the women's football over, over time. And your next opportunity to see the chair girls uh, in action, they're, they're in uh, uh, league action this weekend. They take on newly promoted and uh, as yet currently unbeaten, uh, which is, uh, is, a, is a bit of a, a bit of a tag to, uh, to, to knock off uh, Bournemouth Sports LFC. Uh, they'll be in action uh, on Sunday. Uh, you can get down to the 1878 Stadium in Burnham uh, to cheer them on there. Uh, also, the under-18s and reserves are also in action this weekend. The under-18s face Nottingham Forest, uh, also at the 1878 Stadium in Burnham on Saturday, uh, whilst the reserves are away to East Oxford uh, on Sunday. So quite a, a Wickham-Oxford uh, combination to look forward to this weekend uh, as mentioned uh, Wickham Wanderers have been in France this week on Monday and Tuesday uh, Gareth and the rest of the staff took the squad uh, to the Somme uh, to uh, reflect and uh, um, sort of take in uh, what was there and uh, a real kind of team building uh, exercise and uh, Gareth was speaking to us a little earlier on today uh, on his reflections on the trip brilliant trip you know we, we do go on about our culture and, and and the way we are and the way we we respect things and uh, and obviously a few more a bit more information about a few more Wiccan players that were out there really related to uh, to the whole trip it was really good you know the boys took it on in the right way and, and immersed themselves in yeah, in, in the battlefields and in the footballers' battalions, and and just a real, real interesting trip, and just, just again, just breeds our culture, though what we are, and uh, and I always say that, um, you know, that that's one thing I always want to make sure that um, I do at the club is is keep the positivity going with the boys, keep them developing as human beings, and uh, and that's uh, that was important. So, real good trip, some super guides, and uh, and yeah, hopefully uh, the boys got a lot out of it. I guess it feels especially poignant at the moment, especially with with what's going on in the world too. Yeah, do you know, you know, talking about wars and things like that, and it, it is a, a, a really sort of emotive subject that you you know you, people talk about and people get involved with, and uh, and yeah, the boys. I think some of them won't even have known about World War One or what happened, and, and if it can relate to nowadays and the, and the atrocities and the horrors of war, then uh, you know. I, I suppose everyone in the world wants to wants peace everywhere, you know, and, and that's uh, that's a big thing. But um, the sacrifice that people give, and the the fear, and the and the togetherness, and and all, all these all these subjects that come up in the you know in the in the trip, I'm sure that people around the world every day are still going through. But um, you know, hopefully one day everything can be uh, nice and uh, more positivity, and you know, loving people around the world, the, the better it's going to be. But um, Unfortunately, it never seems to happen, does it? So, but no, the boys really took it on well, and uh, and I'm really, really proud of them, you know. And uh, like I say, couldn't have come at a better time, really, with the with the run. You know, I've had a couple of defeats where I really thought we should have got something out of the game, and then had as many points as we wanted at this stage of the season. But you know, I think a break sometimes is as good as as good as a, a change, and uh, and that was that was really really interesting and really 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 helpful trip. I was going to say, is it, does it feel like a real sort of reset for the players and they'll come back sort of refreshed and more determined, if you like? Yeah, hopefully. You know, you, you never know in football. You never know. You, you get these moments and you don't know why they happen sometimes. But, you know, like I say, against Plymouth, I was happy with the performance. I thought if that's top of the league, then 
we're, we're absolutely fine this season. We will be, we will be fine. And, uh, and we've got to make sure that we're on it, um, you know, on Saturday against Oxford, because it's a, you know, a derby game. The fans all love this one. And, uh, and we, uh, we want to get back to winning ways as quick as we can. And as you said, after the game on Saturday, the amount of chances that the team created was, was something that was really positive. Yeah, you know, we should have scored. We should have been 2 or 3 nil up at half-time, but, um, or 3-1, you know, with their penalty. Race. Um, and they were only shot on goal and the first half was the penalty. And, and it's uh, it's tough to take because, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a clumsy one and, and, and they've got out of jail with the penalty, I think, a nil-nil. Even that would have been a better result because it's top of the league. But I really think we should have beat them on Saturday. And uh, but I'm I'm quietly confident underneath that we're going to have a great sort of uh, a great run soon because I'm getting some of these injuries back and uh, and we can get we can get our full squad to choose from. That must be so positive for the fans to sort of focus on as well with the, the, the caliber of player that you've got to, to return as well. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> it's great, you know, being able to get Adam Leathers on for his his league debut minutes and. Uh, and, and some of the younger boys that we've been playing this season. But, you know, I think that we've seen over the years that uh, the, there's no there's no exchange for experience sometimes and, and people who've been there and done it, you know, they're, they're, really, uh, they're really the ones that you can count on um, week in, week out. These young boys are going to develop, they're going to get plenty out of this. And again, more positives for me. Um, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the likes of Scone and Hanlon and Thompson and, Tafazoli all, all returning, which uh, which isn't far away at all. And Saturday should be a really a great game. Obviously, you mentioned the sort of local derby of it, but coming up against a team who've had a pretty similar start as well. Yeah, they've had injuries as well. And I think that both clubs can really empathise with each other. Carl's had injuries for some of his big players, and I've had injuries to a lot of my big players. And and I think it shows. It just shows, you know. And I think uh, it shows that when you do sign these players, you know, you, you've got good squads. We've both got really good squads. We've got, both got squads that can challenge it at the end of the season, definitely. But at the moment, you take the best players out of any team and they're, they're going to struggle a little bit. And, uh, and that's what's happened to both clubs at the start of the season. And it's uh, interesting, isn't it? Because I, I was reading your sort of comments after the previous game and you were saying that, you know, normally the, the club has a bit of a blip around February, but sort of do, seems to be doing things a different way. And I guess in, in a way that sort of suits the, the team sort of coming from behind a bit more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've done it before. We have we have finished like trains before, but uh, you know, back in the day, usually we go off like a like a train and uh, and and have a blip and then get back on track. And 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 that's uh, looks like it's uh, it's going to be different this season. But no, I'm really really pleased with where we are. And just uh, like I said, the, the injuries returning is going to be key for me. And just finally, what would be your message to to supporters going into this sort of run of games? Because there's there's quite a few sort of uh, few, few matches in October. Uh, yeah, just stick with the boys, get down and support them because uh, you know it's uh, it's it makes the good times even better when uh, when you've supported them through the tough times. You know, you get your justification of being a proper fan. Yeah, we'll do our best and uh, hopefully we can get the right results. Certainly. Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Uh, Luke joins us for the uh, now almost, almost legendary uh, notice board section of the show, uh, w- w- which is, I think, a, a valid point, a valid part of the program. I do as well. I think we need to get like a theme for it or something. Yes, definitely, yeah. or, or some sort of jingle. I'll work on it. Thank you. Um, uh, you were bring, you're going to bring us news of um, the, the money raised from Saturday. Yeah, and it's a, a great amount of figure in uh, money wise and also club related as well. If you were at the game on Saturday, then you'll know uh, that a celebration of Bill Turnbull at Adams Park after the postponed Port Vale game I believe it was uh, so they moved it last Saturday uh, they had Prostate Cancer UK there uh, they were selling a badge for Bill as well uh, and uh, I'm very delighted to say uh, that they raised uh, £1,887 and £236 in cash 
I thought something important had fallen off then. <laughs> no, but that's a great amount of money raised. Uh, and if you miss the chance to uh, buy a badge for Bill, uh, then the trust say they have some more that they will be selling on the Saturday, October the 15th, which is the Peterborough game. Absolutely. And also coming up after that, a fun-filled festival of football and fireworks for the whole family uh, has been... Uh, <laughs> Sponsored by the letter F. <clears throat> ...has been announced at Adams Park for the Wickham Wanderers League One fixture against Morecambe, which will be on Saturday the 29th of this month. Uh, kicks off at three. Uh, the Chairboys take on the Shrimps with the entertainment running throughout the afternoon. It includes live music, football games, face painting, giveaways, competitions and local food and drink. before and the, Before the action gets underway. Yes, providing the yeah, the, the, the sort of soundtrack, if you like, as well. Oh, I like that. Uh, there'll be a spectacular fireworks display over the Chiltern Hills following the final whistle as well. Also joining in with the activities will be uh, Wickham Swan, who will be uh, kicking off the build-up to the festive season by adding some sparkle uh, from their forthcoming Cinderella Panto, which oh, runs no, they from won't. the <laughs> to the 9th to the 31st of December. Suitable for all ages, literally all ages. All ages. All ages, and uh, also they're celebrating uh, their anniversary as are we oh, over, over that weekend as well. Uh, there's lots going on on the uh, family day as well. Uh, there'll be uh, bars and the Chairboys Village fan zone open from midday. Uh, we'll be there from midday. We will. Uh, food available from the Hellfire Barbecue mm-hmm. and other food trucks also in the village. Uh, you get the chance to meet the players. Uh, the Wanderer Stars uh, will be uh, arriving from around half 12, so you can catch photos and get autographs outside the players and officials' entrance as well if you hang about there. Uh, there's also entertainment in the car park kicking off at one with face painting, or you can get, you can get amongst that. Uh, there'll be some music, football games as well. Uh, stilt walkers. Uh, giveaways you can give away a stilt walker <laughs> uh, there'll be other competitions as well and as we mentioned uh, Wickham Swans activities as well taking place close to the car park entrance uh, as mentioned game kicks off as three as you'd expect and uh, you can uh, support the champ boys with the whole family as well and as mentioned after the final whistle you can enjoy a stunning fireworks display it's set to be very good uh, it sounds very good to me bring back the fireworks that's what I say uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And also by the end of uh, October, we could be in a, in a very different position uh, league-wise as well. Yeah, you, you know, you've got to keep the faith, as Gareth would say. Proud of the boys. You know, they, they were unlucky on Saturday. You can see why Plymouth are the, uh, the top of the table with their goalkeeper, who was on top form. I watched the highlights of it. And uh, he was very impressive, as well as the rest of the team. So you can see why Plymouth um, are up there. But Wickham, you know, had their chances. So I think, you know, we just need to bring back the few players that are left to return to the uh, to the squad. And, we'll, we'll, you know, our predictions will look a lot better than they do currently. <laughs> yes, no, very well said. And a busy month of uh, fixtures coming up in October as well. I've got two games against Peterborough to come, uh, obviously in the EFL Trophy and the league as well. And then MK Dons. Uh, before Cambridge and uh, that game against Morecambe as well so uh, a lot of fixtures in October and as we mentioned uh, things look very very different that rearranged fixture by the way uh, is the uh, 1st of November the Port Vale game uh, that's on a Tuesday night Kickoff at Adams Park is at 7.45 some uh, other games coming up as well I won't read the whole season to you but um, there's Forest Green Rovers Cheltenham Town and the reason I mention it is the Portsmouth game on the uh, 2nd of December as we move from the Saturday Uh, you might have heard to uh, the Friday because of a potential England game at the World Cup England. <laughs> yes, quite. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the Wicked Wonder show for this week. As mentioned, uh, if you're not listening to it live, you can definitely catch up with it in other ways as well. Uh, the podcast will be available usually the following day um, around lunchtime. Uh, there's the Wickham Sound radio player page. You can catch it on YouTube as well. And uh, the uh, Listen Again feature on the website, wickhamsound.org.uk. I think Ooh. that's it, isn't it? I think that's everything. You did it. Well done. Thank you. Uh, the whole... <laughs> The whole thing has been wrapped up and we're back at the same time next week. Hope you can join us then for a seven o'clock kickoff at the Wickham Wanderer Show here on Wickham Sound. Come on, you blues.
All the best to the uh, team at Oxford on Saturday and enjoy the game if you're going. <laughs>